Justin. I'm Maurice, and you're listening to Category Is. Hey, Maurice, how you doing? I'm good. We're in the studio on Sunday this week, and uh, we just got some breaking news over the internet. Yeah, it's pretty uh, sad to say that Philadelphia native and Los Angeles Laker star Kobe Bryant passed away this afternoon. Yeah. Yeah, in a helicopter crash in Calabasas, California. He was 41 years old. Um, Apparently five people were on this helicopter, um, including Kobe. All five have passed away as a result of this crash. His wife, Vanessa, was not on board. Um, Yeah, it's just... It's very sad. Sad. They have four daughters. And four young girls. Yeah. He's survived by his wife and four girls. It's Mm -hmm. just, it is so sad. Yeah. You know, but it's a reminder that life is very precious and fragile. Very. And, you know, it can be taken from any one of us in in an instant. So it's just, it's very, it's it's shocking. Yeah, it's shocking. It's sad. Because, um, actually, like, last night, Mm -hmm. there is, um, the big news story was that on Saturday, um... LeBron James passed Kobe Bryant's 33,643 points. Wow. Um, all-time scoring in a Lakers game against the Philadelphia 76ers. So, like, all the stories today were about, you know, how Kobe had, like, this, you know, this overwhelming um, supportive response for LeBron. He's, like, continuing to move the game forward. Much respect, my brother. Mm-hmm. And it's just... I don't know. The timing is just it is so sad, sad and shocking, and yeah, you know. yeah. I mean, he was a sports legend, mm-hmm. um, and I think it's going to obviously have a really harsh effect on the community, but more so his family. Because at the end of the day, we're all human, and the things that are most important to us are our families mm-hmm. and our loved ones. Yeah, and um, aside from being a celebrity and an Olympic and world-class athlete. Mm -hmm. He was someone's father, someone's wife, someone's son. And that's sad. Yeah, it's sad. So, Mm. thoughts and prayers to the Bryant family. condolences to the Bryant family. Okay, so how have you been since the last time we've recorded? Um, I've been good. I've been good. Um, Low-key, just, you know, grinding at work and then um, just getting things ready for for this cruise that I'm going on yes. at the end of the week. Are you prepared? No, Are you I'm packed? not. I'm not packed. I don't have my folder with all my itineraries <laughs> together. You kill me with these folders. <laughs> as if you they don't have handy. a smartphone. You don't have like Wi-Fi on the cruise? No, the Wi-Fi package is expensive. Ooh. Yeah, oh. and mm. it's really slow from what I hear. But um, yeah, I still have a few more days, so okay. I got time. Well, if you need together. help with your lookbook, let me know. <laughs> I'll get on Pinterest. Um, yes. Other than that, like, just, you know, just doing me. How you been? I've been good. And, um, you know, working on some personal projects and some things. And um, just been good. Kind of reconnecting with old friends. This past um, weekend, I went to a brunch with some, um, it's called BALSA, Black Law Students Association mm-hmm. and Law School. So we get together every year. Mm-hmm. The food was terrible. Wow. Um, poorly seasoned, poorly present, like presented. Just it wasn't like it's a, it's a new restaurant. It, uh, it's newer yet. Opened in September. Oh no! It's um Mm-mm. in Market East section of Philadelphia. Oh, the ghetto. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and um, 
the food was just bad. I mean, you're a restaurant. Food's your moneymaker. But you can't go, like, in the first six months. Correct. Because they're almost always going to be horrible. Right, right. But, I mean, this food was almost not edible. Mm. It'll you be know. closed in a few more months. We'll, we'll see. They have other things that support that may support them and keep them uh, open. Okay. And it's a, it's a big company, and I'll just say that. And it's like, you know, we don't talk every day, but we're cool. And it, like, takes you back. Every time we get together, it takes us back to that time in life. But it only needs to happen once a year. So they're, like, <laughs> fifth-tier outer circle? I don't have a fifth-tier. They're just, like, <laughs> it's like an alumni thing. Uh-huh. Let's just say that. Okay. I mean, come on. You, you don't have, like, your fraternity things that you do? But that's different. That's different. Yeah. I'm sorry. Graduating law school is like a fraternity. I mean, it, 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 that's how we <laughs> consider it. It is like a fraternity. Okay. Well, anyway, let's hop into the next segment of the show. It's time for What, what You're Drinking. Drink this week, we are drinking a honey sage bourbon concoction. <laughs> we don't even have a proper name for this because right. it's not quite an old fashioned. No. Um, it's not. Brown liquor is very new here at the podcast. I don't do brown. <laughs> well, <laughs> brown will lay you down <laughs> in more ways than one. Mm. Like, but no, I, I'm recently getting into whiskeys and bourbons. Mm-hmm. Um, it's new to me. But this cocktail is comprised of um, fresh sage leaves, honey, honey simple syrup, lemon juice, and then about four ounces of bourbon. But again, this was again another low calorie cocktail for the month of January. Yeah, and we're keeping it there. It was cute. Uh, I don't do bourbon. I, I just can't do brown liquor. So you know, I'm not enjoying this one too much. Although we did find this new drink. Um, my boyfriend and I. Actually, he uh-huh. found it. So it's called a Paris is, Bo- is Burning. Uh-huh. And it's basically Hennessy, which is cognac, uh-huh. and Chambord. Oh, and then you add like a squeeze of lemon juice. Uh-huh. And you're supposed to heat it, but we don't heat it. Heat it? Yeah. Like, drink it like, like, like warm? warm. Yeah. You're supposed to warm it up. But <laughs> Spicy. I'm afraid the alcohol is going to cook off, so I, don't, I wouldn't do that. So well, you don't boil it. But still, <sighs> it'll evaporate. Where'd you find this drink? He found it on Pinterest. Oh, child. Yeah. Paris is Burning? It's called Paris is Burning. Like the documentary? Yes. Child. Well, yeah. Maybe we'll make it it's one day. It's actually really good. Is it? Yeah. Okay. It's well, really good. We should make it one day. Yeah, the I, cold version. I want to try. It's good. Okay. I'll, I'll, we'll make it um, in the coming in a few weeks. weeks. Yeah. <laughs> it's time for category, category is. So our first category this week kind of ties into uh, something we've been talking about for the past few weeks, which is uh, their Royal Highness. Or we can't say the Royal Highness anymore. So the Duke and Duchess of Sussex, Sussex. Royal, yeah, the Sussex Royal segment. <laughs> yeah, so um, you know how we love and support Meghan Markle and Prince Harry here at the podcast. Mm-hmm. So I found this on Instagram because I follow like the Meghan Markle hashtag, basically. Right. And also, one of my friends from um, Toronto he sent me a screenshot of something on Instagram, mm-hmm. and I was immediately offended by. By the post. Mm. So, this... can, I, I, can I just say something mm-hmm. really quickly? Because my administrative assistant at work, she's from the United Kingdom. Okay. And she says she can't stand Meghan Markle. Well, you need to get Secretary Fish together ooh, ooh, ooh. and tell her not to be talking about the Duchess of Sussex. So, anyway, um, Gary Janetti, mm-hmm. who is the husband of Brad Goreski, Child. who used to be, <laughs> he was like, the twink assistant of Rachel Zoe. Remember when she had that reality show? Um, on... Was it Bravo? Or was it E? 
It was E. It was E? Yes. Okay, it's one of them. Okay. Yeah. yeah. He, he was the assistant before Jeremiah. Who is married to... Um, Nate Burkins. Yeah, yeah. I swear, it's like, so that job happy. just, like, sets people up to have, like, you know, mediocre husbands. <laughs> Basically. So, Gary Janetti is allegedly this writer who uh, wrote stuff for Family Guy, that cartoon on, I believe, Fox. Really? Yeah. And so... He basically created this Instagram account that kind of, um, he, they, he calls it satire, where he pokes fun at Prince George, who is the son, oldest son of Prince uh, William. Mm-hmm. And remember, like, <laughs> those memes that were kind of making George out to be, like, this um, gay icon? So I... <sighs> Thing. There's a picture of George where he's like um in this helicopter. In a helicopter. Yeah. It's very camp. And yeah. it's very I don't know. It, it it looks like a gay little picture. Yeah. Okay. It's like Shirley Temple ish. Mm-hmm. But But I think that's people projecting shit onto this little boy. Yeah. And I don't like that. Yeah. So I don't know if Gary was the originator of it, but he uses that picture a lot on his Instagram post. Yeah. And one, he has this unnatural fascination with Prince George. But he created this quote-unquote satire where he parodies um, the British royal family. Mm -hmm. So if you remember, um, what is Katie Holmes' daughter name? Suri? Suri. Suri So remember Suri's burn book? It was like this. It was fashioned after the burn book in Mean Girls? Yeah. It's like that where she would kind of have this personality where she like burns you know has these burns for like these celebrities and stuff mm-hmm. and then if you there's a newer one called north's black book what? which is north um northwest and so she has is someone created this account where it's kind of the same as stories where they make it seem like north you know has these negative things to say about celebrities and like her mom her dad like it's just like that that's terrible and so gary has one where he's using prince george's pictures to poke fun at the British royal family. Okay, that's fine. That's cute. However, every single time he uses Meghan Markle's picture, it is to imply that she's uneducated, that she's ghetto, ghetto that she is there to you know disrupt the royal family, that she needs to get in line, or that she's poor, or just some negative connotation and negative interpretation of what Meghan Markle is supposed to be. So... When you look at his other posts for other members of the British royal family, it's a little like slight shade, like, but he doesn't imply that they're poor or that they're dumb or that they're anything. Or that they're other. Yeah. It's just his posts for Meghan Markle have such a negative tone to them. Mm -hmm. And then if you look in the comments, the only people laughing are white people. Right. The only people who are LOLing are white people. And I took, issue, I took offense to that. Mm-hmm. So I wrote, you know, a comment on the post saying, hey, and I added Gary. And I was like, I think that, you know, you might want to take a look at these posts because essentially they're racist. Mm-hmm. Subliminally, overtly, covertly. Implicitly. Implicitly, whatever. They're racist. There's some level of racism behind your comments, your posts, and you know, what you're implying mm-hmm. with these. And he deleted my comments. Ooh. Yeah. A hit dog will holler in the words of Phaedra Parks. Exactly. So when I first noticed it, I was like, oh, okay, you want to play? Let's play. Mm-hmm. So then I wrote out, um, I wrote out a comment. I tagged him in it. And I just started copying it down. Mm-hmm. 
you know, all the comments that were in there. Because it was, like, people like Lisa Renna, like, all these Bravo celebrities were just <laughs> comedy. Oh, LOL, this is so funny, LOL. Because he was mm. saying that she was going to be selling a line of, like, lawn, um, like pajamas in at Target. Target. And I was like, okay. Which also is... kind of, like, coincides with her, her father said yeah. something about, like, her turning the crown into Walmart. Yeah. It's, like, it is so, like... 2020 version of welfare queen mm-hmm. it's disgusting yeah it's disgusting and so again he deleted my comment mm-hmm. so then like shortly after that i want to say like maybe a few days later hbo max it's like a online streaming service for okay. hbo i guess and so they are giving him his own cartoon based on <sighs> these instagram posts that he created the Instagram posts are so misguided, mm-hmm. overtly racist, yeah, and misinformed. And it's also like he clearly has a specific point of view that mm-hmm. is informed by who he is as a privileged white, white. gay male. Mediocre. Because no tea, no shade. Mm-hmm. White gay men are more privileged than straight gay than straight white men. Yeah, in today, twenty twenty, because gay is in. So they like use their gayness as a disadvantage mm-hmm. and as an advantage. So they're like double dipping. Yeah. Yeah. And no tea, no shade, Mr. Janetti. But, you know, you're trying to erase my friend's comments. You need to try to erase those laugh lines and those yeah. crow's feet on, those, <laughs> on that allegedly 53-year-old body you have. Your face is too tightly snatched. You the look best. terrible. You look horrible. I'm sorry. He, do yeah. you see him? He looks, he looks bad. He does. And the thing is, oh, just like... God. SPF, please. It's just... It's frustrating because it seems like he's getting rewarded for... Being racist. Being racist. Yeah. Like in the but latest that's post, but in the latest posts, he um, like photoshopped Harry and Meghan's faces on the Simple Life. What's that? Remember that show with Paris Hilton and Nicole Richie and Nicole Richie. Yeah. And so one it says the Simple Life, and then it has um, these royals are out of control. I'm like, okay, so the one black royal is out of control, right? What are you which, saying there? which subliminally has a lot means that she can't control her emotions. She can't control her thoughts. That she's it's just it's, it's or that she or she needs to be controlled. Needs to be controlled. Mm-hmm. Or that she's hysterical. It's just there's so much there mm-hmm. that and then can be unpacked. Yeah. Ugh. And then he uses um, Camilla, who is um, Prince Charles's wife. He his post about her is sorry. She's an equestrian. And she is using like this virtual reality. She's a mistress. Headset, and she's riding a horse, and that's the most negative thing he could say about her. But you can't trust some white gay men because right. they are so aligned with their whiteness and their maleness that they like co-opt their gayness mm-hmm. to perpetuate the inequity. Yeah, and it's oh, I can't possibly so... be racist. I can't possibly be whatever because I'm a minority dick. too, <laughs> girl. But at the end of the day, you're still white and you're still a man. Right. So you got... And your gayness is anonymous. Yeah. And you still got much more status and clout than a lot of people around But, here. like, why? Why Why do this? You know, but this is America, though. Like you said, like, he's mm-hmm. used to... You feel upset because you feel like he's being rewarded for being racist. Mm-hmm. But that's America. Wow. Like, he's going to take this opportunity mm-hmm. at, you know the expense of children which to me we have a saying at the podcast children kids are are off off limits limits. my thing is it's enough to be a child growing up but then for you to have these so-called 
journalists or sat- satirists or co- comics mm-hmm. project personas onto children mm-hmm. who are not even fully formed yet is really damaging because mm-hmm. you know like celebrity um or kid actors and kid celebrities and yeah. children of celebrities are kind of messed up in the brain yeah like that is really to me it's damaging it's dangerous mm-hmm. and i think that he, he's lacking sensitivity in the fact that he's not looking at the whole issue that too but also don't try to make money off of her they will make the money off our backs all they can mm, well it ain't nothing new he need to get back on his back. Child, I'm sure he's on it a and... lot. <laughs> anyway, let's move on. So the next category is We Are Here. I'm going to keep this very brief because I was just a little bit upset this past week because on Instagram and I guess other social media, but primarily Instagram, I saw mm-hmm. lots of LGBT plus people posting this image of um, the traditional gay flag, which is just the red through purple, right? Mm-hmm. Um, like kind of like morphing into like shades of gray yeah and it just had it's, hashtag we yeah. are here so all these like big celebrities um, Maurice and I have difference of opinion but I saw like Laverne Cox I saw Paramount I didn't see hers um, basically Maurice said he saw only white I only saw white men white men yeah not even lesbians not even lesbians I saw like a few of the um, pose actors who were tra- I saw mostly trans people though, to be honest. You did? I did. Oh, okay. Um, like Peppermint from RuPaul's Drag mm-hmm. Race. Yeah. Um, MJ Rodriguez from Pose. Oh, I didn't see hers. So I saw a lot, mostly trans people, but I didn't mm-hmm. put two and two together. And I'm like, they just posted this image with no context, no explanation, no link in the bio, no website. And I'm like, well, what does this mean? We are here. Where are we, bitch? Like, <laughs> yeah, I'm in Philly. You over there. <laughs> right. And then when people were asking about it, they were like, stay tuned. Stay tuned. Or. Like, Hold on, it's coming. And... and I just think, you know what? We've talked about it before, mm-hmm. mainly Maurice as his gripe. But <laughs> this social media activism is such bullshit because it's all about like just creating clout and creating a, um, a moment. Trying to have a moment. But my thing is, is when activism becomes exclusive and you're putting out images and when people inquire mm-hmm. earnestly yeah. to find out well what does this mean yeah why are you taking the gay flag mm-hmm. into like just black and white black and, and shades white. of gray that's yeah. that's that is a jarring image to people who have aligned themselves with that gay flag because mm-hmm. it feels like an erasure mm-hmm. and um like to not provide an explanation stay tuned yeah. it, it, it creates this air of well we're the in crowd we're the powerful gays mm-hmm. and we know and we know and you don't you. And, and you'll get it later mm-hmm. and i feel like that's not how activism should work so then i kind of was like pissed because all day i couldn't find out what this image was (laughs) and what it meant i was like fuck y'all i'm not that i was pressed but i just felt like y'all are trying to like create awareness about something but they're not creating awareness so what is it really like what are you really they're trying to drive people to their pages it's hype but but they get that activism is not hype but that's they don't care but we live in this hype world they live in a click world where they get paid perfect (sighs) But it was mostly the ones I saw were like those C and D level influencers mm-hmm. who were trying to basically get likes and get some impressions on their page. And then like I go and I finally did my Googles <laughs> and I found out that it was basically about these three Supreme Court cases where um, the Supreme Court is deciding on whether or not um, transgender people will be considered a protected class 
for purposes of employment discrimination. Mm -hmm. Now, that is a very, very important issue because lots of trans people, because of their inability to conform to gender norms, have difficulty securing regular jobs. Mm -hmm. Where are you going to go work? You're going to work at the CVS? You're going to work as a paralegal in the law office or the doctor's office? There is still a stigma, right? But my thing is, why not just say that? Why be like, stay tuned for more information? Bitch, the cases are coming up. Like, it's not even, y'all trying to make hype out of the Supreme Court. That mm-hmm. is sacred. You don't do that. Just wow. give the information. Mm-hmm. Get, let people be in the know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was just dumb. Like, <laughs> this whole stay tuned or whatever, I coming lost soon. interest. Next week it, on Netflix. <laughs> right. I lost interest immediately. And, and not that I'm trying to be like the legal scholar on the fucking podcast, but I'm just saying, like, in some states, like, being sexual orientation in, you know, we're going to wrap this category up. <laughs> yeah. But it, it is annoying. And the gays need to get their shit together. Because that shit made me mad. Gay celebrities or whoever they think they are. Boys that be in the gym. <laughs> right. We're just trying to act like they had information and they were too good to give it to you. So it's just another level of that whole just hierarchy. I'm up here. I have something you want and I'm not going to give it to you. So. Well, moving on from... People having something they want and they're not going to give it to you. <laughs> the Grammys. Mm-hmm. Lots of people want them and lots of people don't get them. You're Remember right. Beyonce lost Lemonade to Adele? Well, about that. That was a hard year, I think. Was it? That was a hard year. But it was shocking when Adele went up there to accept her award and apologize to Beyonce. Yeah. Like, that was shocking. Well, she thought Kanye was finna run up there <laughs> and give this, her a moment. This ain't the VMAs, bitch. This yeah. The Grammys. They got security. Because you had Adele's 25, which... Which is her worst album to me. But it was popular. And she had some good songs on it. Hello was good. Hello. I mean... I think... That's a body that, of work. Uh-huh. My favorite is... 21, 19, to 25. Okay. I haven't listened to um, Lemonade. You didn't? Mm-mm. Oh, see, I watched the whole thing on HBO. No, I'm good on that. Um, but I just feel like Beyonce's... Maybe it's unfair because I haven't listened to it, but I just don't feel like it was as strong of a work, mm-hmm. as a body of work. Um, I love Beyonce. She's... The premier entertainer today, but my favorite artist of the Noel family is Solange. I know that's controversial. It might be, and I said what I said, but <laughs> I think the Beyonce stuff does not seem authentic. But that, and, and when you're not authentic, you're not going to win. But getting to the current um, controversy with the Grammys, so Deborah Dugan was the first woman chief executive officer officer of the Recording Academy that supports the Grammys, and she. Um, did she resign? She's on administrative leave. She's on administrative leave, correct. Yeah. And she's also filed a lawsuit and an EEOC charge for um, sexual harassment in the workplace. Um, without getting into all the details, she just said that it was a... She portrayed it as like an old boys club and it was very misogynist. Men were trying to kiss her, you know, be, make sexual advances towards her and not respect her as a professional woman in her capacity. Uh... Also, she had just got there. Like, she ain't even been there six months. She ain't. Girl, you still on probation. Right. But, I mean, the Me Too was real. Oh, that's true. And 
At the same, I mean, I mean I'm, I'm trying to, I, I, again, I believe her. I will always give people the benefit of the doubt, but you're right. She hasn't been there that long. And you already filing this suit mm-hmm. and it's like on the eve of the Grammys. Mm-hmm. And um, I just feel like in the suit, not only did she file her grievances personally related to her workplace, con- you know, conditions, mm-hmm. but she also like spilled the tea All on the tea. on the Grammys and how just trying to make them illegitimate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so she was saying that they have this whole process where they um, kind of nominate, I think, up to like 20 different artists for the various categories. Mm-hmm. And then they'll have a meeting where various people on the board or whatever come together and they kind of whittle that down to like the five or the eight in some categories, mm-hmm. people that they actually give the nominations to. Mm-hmm. And so she was saying that um, there's instances where there's clear conflicts of interest, like the person on the board either manages a certain artist, represents them in some kind of way, on the record, on the record produce the record or right. something, and they essentially lobby for their artist to receive a nomination even though they might rank like 19th, right. 20th in their whole like selection process. Right. Because even a nomination is a feather in their cap because you're mm-hmm. going to be Grammy nominated producer. So and so, yeah. Um, which is a conflict of interest. But does it work like the um, Film Academy where it's like yeah. actors and stuff or like a member and they get a vote? And um, I think there is a, something like that. Because that historically on. the industry was run by like white people mm-hmm. or white men specifically, like it's taking time to catch up. Yeah. Well, yeah. But I feel like a couple years ago, like only white men were winning Grammys. Mm-hmm. And I don't know about y'all, but to me, the top 40 radio is run by the women. Like, women do the damn thing. Mm-hmm. The women that I can't stand, like Taylor Swift, Katy Perry, oh, wow. down to Beyonce, the women I love, and, you know, uh-huh. other women. But, like, Rihanna, women run the charts to me. To me, women are at the top of music, but they're not getting awarded. And I think she kind of, like, gave some insight Yeah, because that's why. why she was actually um, hired or whatever, because someone made that comment where... It's like, oh, the women just need to step up mm, yes. and do more. That was like, It was her, her predecessor. Yeah. And so they got rid of him and brought her on board. But then this was um, kind of, she gave like some tea. So she was spilling like Mariah Carey's CD, mm-hmm. um, Caution, didn't get nominated for any awards Ooh. this year. But she uh, alleged that it was actually supposed to be nominated for I believe album of the year and another really? big award, yeah. But that um, because of the whole like behind the scenes stuff, that they replaced her nominations with someone who was like ranked number sixteen out of twenty right. because of those conflicts of interest. Someone wanted Just that, that artist, that politic and that mm-hmm. jockeying. Yeah, yeah. I also read that um, Ariana Grande. Mm-hmm. I, I believe she pulled out last minute at the last year's Grammys yeah. because of creative differences with the show uh-huh. award show's producer. Uh-huh. But um, she, she also was not nominated for her hit song that also converted me to like. <laughs> yeah, I did not like that little girl. Uh-huh. I did not see it for her. I did not feature her. But. You know, I gotta eat crow when I gotta well, eat crow. Yeah, and thank you, next was a good song, but for that song not to be nominated for yeah. record of the year is mm-hmm. insane. Yeah, yeah. And it just goes to show that there is a lot of that behind the scenes stuff going on. And I guess she's the whistleblower. But they're gonna destroy. Like, where does she go from here? She's I mean, <laughs> nowhere. Nowhere. Like she kind of, <laughs> she kind of like martyred herself. Yeah. Because 
I don't know what her career is going to be like in the recording industry now mm-hmm. because people who hold the reins are still very much those men that she's trying to fight. It's a David and Goliath fight. But you wow. know what? We got to have those. But didn't David win? Oh. <laughs> oh I, I'm going to stop with the Bible <laughs> with references. The Bible. Yeah, but it's funny because now it's like the people who win the awards because the Grammys are Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, tonight. Right. Like how do how do you feel? I'm not. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not. How do you feel if you win? I remember some artist. Her name's Halsey. She went up <laughs> at, at some award show. Uh-huh. I can't remember. And um, she basically was like, "Awards are bullshit. They're dumb." And I'm gonna talk about this further. But she was just like, "I guess I accept, but I don't." And I was like, "Okay, bitch, that's Girl, just stupid. Yeah. Like, just don't accept. Like, yeah. you own like sh- some Sinead O'Connor type shit, or like, you know, just don't." accept it yeah you know yeah but then if you're not gonna accept it or you don't stand for whatever mm-hmm. then you just need to take that firm stance like right. jay-z and beyonce have this whole issue with the grammys but they be there every year when they nominate it yeah like when they're nominated well they didn't go last year because they weren't nominated oh they weren't right oh well but they still have that brunch every year i'm like right. girl I, th- I think it really begs the question of, like, how much do these accolades really mean? Cause I f- a lot, apparently. They used to mean a lot, mm-hmm. right? But I feel like the culture is kind of, like, stepping away from that. And, I mean, I'll talk about it more in my I Say What I Say. Okay. But I just feel like, you know, especially as... I don't use the term minorities, but as underrepresented groups in this country, mm-hmm. I feel like there's a tradition of us, you know, wanting to go to this right school, get this degree, get, mm-hmm. get all these accolades, get okay. all these feathers in our cap to try to prove ourselves to people who ain't never going to accept you anyway. Wow. You're never going to be good enough anyway, just mm-hmm. because of who you are inherently. Mm-hmm. So it, it kind of is like, why are we doing all that? Yeah. Because it's, it, it, you torture yourself trying to be something and you could still be the best, but mm-hmm. you're not going to be acknowledged. Yeah. It's, it's frustrating. It is yeah. actually taxing. And that's what Diddy was alluding to, because did you see the video from the Clive Davis um, gala? No, when was so that? He did the thing right before Saturday, Yeah, it was too. Saturday night. Because that's when Whitney died. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Rest, rest in peace. Oh, gosh. Yeah. All our legends. But um. So he was saying that, um, basically what you, what you said, how the... Awarding bodies are supposed to have the artist's best interest at heart, and they're supposed to want to reward and award the talent. And you know, but there's so many politics, and like people have their personal agendas going on. And he was just basically saying how underrepresented groups mm-hmm. aren't getting the recognition that they deserve. Right, but but, but these bodies and, are formed by whom? Right, and, and all the white people in the room, none of them were clapping because they don't want to acknowledge their own perpetuation of these injustices if you want to call them that right but it's just like they can't at the end of the day like and i'm not faulting them they can't see themselves in beyonce they just can't because she's a black woman from texas and they're white guys from calabasas or you know what i'm saying i think white people like beyonce (laughs) yeah she's she's she's, she's on another level (laughs) yeah but like you know but there's certain artists who are not in that strata they don't have that crossover right appeal that's just human nature Mm -hmm. and i'm gonna talk about it more but okay. so it's time for I, I said what I said. And this is going to keep flowing, guys, because mm-hmm. my I said what I said was basically that. And it's hard for me mm-hmm. because I used to live for an award show mm-hmm. in uh, earlier time in my life. 
I used to have last year. Stop. <laughs> I used to have Oscar watch parties, Grammy watch parties. I would print out like you know little like score sheets to uh-huh. like for people to make their predictions and have you know all this nice food. I loved an award show, but I think as I'm getting older, I'm just not featuring them anymore, and I don't watch them. I feel like they're kind of outdated and they're not progressing with the culture. Mm-hmm. So my unpopular opinion this week is that I don't think that award shows should exist. Ooh. And I know that, like, for the arts and for Hollywood or for the record industry, like, it's a thing, right? It's, it's, it's a insular community that does mm-hmm. this kind of work, and mm-hmm. they're just awarding themselves. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, this is across the board. It happens in all fields of careers where they have, you know, 40 under 40 lists yeah. and all those. But I'm like, what do these even mean? Nothing. Because I think that we put a lot of pressure and stress on ourselves, even as regular people, mm-hmm. to, like, ooh, I want to get on the 40-40 list. A 40 under 40. I can't tell you how many friends I know that have that as a goal. <laughs> and like, like Oprah said, you need bigger goals. Right. But like, I'm in my early 30s and I'm counting down the years. Like, I don't know if I'm going to get on that list. <laughs> but then what, what, what does getting on that list but even what, mean? Exactly. And then I know people who are on that list. It ain't even on that list rightfully. Again, it yeah. goes back to their connections. Mm-hmm. And I feel like we put so much weight on these awarding bodies and organizations mm-hmm. to give us clout or to give us legitimacy mm-hmm. when we can just give it to ourselves yeah by the nature of what we do and being authentic mm-hmm. and, and working and what we love and mm-hmm. i think that that's something that needs to kind of stop yeah but i also get the fact that we live in a very competitive and what's it called what's our economy capitalist, capitalist. culture uh-huh. where there can only be a winner or everything is going to always be ranked so people have this drive to want to be at the top, but I really just feel like that's very taxing and very unnecessary. And specifically with the Grammys, like for me, you know the kind of music I listen to. Mm -hmm. The artists Mm -hmm. I like ain't ever going to win a Grammy. At all. At all. Not because they're bad, but because they're not going to be recognized by that awarding body. But does that that devalue the work that they give? No, they should just go back to singing on the subway platform. (laughs) Stop. (laughs) (laughs) Or like even with film, and that's what I'm saying. But Uh, then I also do have challenges but, because uh, to a certain extent I'm in a precarious place because I'm also a little bit elitist if you haven't found out by now okay. but like I was talking with my mother because she watched a terrible Tyler Perry movie on Netflix. Fall from Grace? Yes. I haven't seen it. Child. I, I don't watch any Tyler Perry films. Well people are saying it's good but. My mom said it was good. Really? But and again what I've read about the film being bad all goes to like continuity it's just like, well, the, yeah. like the extras aren't actually eating or, or the girls <laughs> eating like breakfast at like 4.39 p.m. Oh, wow. Or like um, there's boom mics at the bottom. Yeah, he always has those. So it, it just is sloppy. And I think uh-huh. that Tyler Perry like prides himself on writing his own scripts, yeah. not using a writer's room and shooting his films very quickly. And like, he could shot this in like five, five days, days, I think. Yeah. And it shows. Well. You know, but to me, it's just like, but he's also made... Uh, an empire yeah off of selling these films to his market Mm -hmm. and maybe his market doesn't value that but that doesn't mean that the work isn't as good as oscar nominated films Mm -hmm. but as a person at the same time i feel like when you love your craft Mm -hmm. you honor your craft by putting it up in its best light and not cheapening it so it's i don't think that tyler perry is ever deserving of an oscar but i heard like Whoopi Goldberg said something on The View. She was like, you know, because mm-hmm. Tyler Perry was on promoting his new film. Okay. 
And he and she was like, Hollywood's not equal. You're amazing, Tyler Perry. He just gave her a soundstage at his studios. That's the only oh, reason she kissed his ass. Yeah. But she was like, you know, because if Hollywood was equal, you would have an Oscar by now. And I laughed because I can't think of a film where he would be deserving of an Oscar. Yeah, no. But so it's like, I, I get it. I am kind of like coming at myself because I, I see, I want to hold us a, a standard, but I also think that the standards are bullshit. They are because the biggest travesty is that Mariah Carey only has five Grammys. Really? She won that low? Yeah. She won two for her first CD, Mariah Carey. And then she won three for The Emancipation of Mimi. Mm-hmm. Which um, was like her comeback. Yeah, in 2005. Right. And then she was nominated for six awards in 1995. So it was the 96 Grammys. Mm-hmm. And this was Daydream album, mm-hmm. which was my favorite of her albums. And she lost every single one. Wow. And. Well, it depends, like you said, on the year and all the politicking, but that shouldn't matter. because It shouldn't the, matter. She has the most she number ones. number ones, world records, all these accolades, but she only has five Grammys. It's people who win five Grammys in a night. Lauren Hill has eight, and she's only given us one album. Well, there you go. And she's How's she got eight? She was nominated for eight, and I think she won all eight that year. No, she only won five. She won five? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, she has the same amount as Mariah Carey. There you go. And yeah, so my point is people win five Grammys in a night. Adele won six in a night. Beyonce won six in a night. Mm-hmm. Somebody else. Nicki Minaj but... has won none. <laughs> but do you, do artists, do actors, do anyone, would you prefer to have critical acclaim or popular acclaim? Well, well, cr- see, critical acclaim, I'm not, I feel like we're moving away from that as a culture because now we have instagram Mm -hmm. and i feel like it's kind of leveled the playing field the internet and how we use it today so it's not about being good anymore right and that's where critics come in Mm -hmm. it's about being commercial it's about being popular Mm -hmm. it's about getting out to the masses Mm -hmm. so the quality of product doesn't have to be good anymore no it's like on those reality shows where it's like a competition show you don't have to be the best cook you don't have to be the best singer you don't have to be anything you just have to have enough personality or right. whatever to get that attention and then you got your own show coming out two weeks later mm. oh. like you don't even have to win american idol anymore I mean, I actually if know. you win it's like it's yeah worse for you yeah i mean where's Lupin stuttered well he's somewhere mm. i thought clay aiken won no ruben did ruben win. did win yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah i'm just saying that we really need to question the role and the significance that we give to these awards and these awarding bodies, because I don't think that it should really matter at all. And I said what I said. So speaking of how talent doesn't matter, my I said what I said for this week goes to another internet phenomenon that is going on across social media. Mm-hmm. So I know you've seen these um, across the TikTok. I don't have the, that. <laughs> me neither, but oh. they post them everywhere. So it's this new thing where white boys are posting these videos of them dancing mm-hmm. to majority hip-hop rap songs With the and they're internet. doing some of them <sighs> and they're doing um like whatever these dances are and it's like whatever dance challenge mm-hmm. and so one that i i kind of like it because he's like old older and so it's like a little bit different this is this guy um he's like a meteorologist in charlotte Oh, I know Fox him. Nick. 46 Nick. Yeah. Mm-hmm. His are fun. They're cute because he's always like in a suit. Right. And it's like kind of awkward dancing. Uh-huh. And he's like, I mean, he's, he's decent. Yeah. He's okay. 
But now there's like this teacher who does it. He's like from somewhere else, like in the Midwest. Mm-hmm. He's like overweight. Then there's this one um, where he's like these mediocre white guys. They have like nice bodies. They always do it with like their shirt off. Really? Some of them. Oh, okay. And I mean, it's nice to look at. But they are doing the absolute least mm-hmm. in terms of choreography dance ability or whatever but they have like millions and millions of views millions of likes hundreds of thousands of followers across social media and it's like one are they appropriating hip-hop culture yeah okay yeah Mm-mm. and then two if it was a black person dancing like that they would get clowned well, i think that's and... part of the joke though right i think that, I... I think that these white guys are in on the joke that like they're like you know, white man can't jump like you know yeah like but uh, a rhythmically challenged white uh-huh. guy. I feel like that's part they're in that's on the part joke. of it. Yeah, they know that we're laughing at them, not with them. But they're turning it into like careers. Forty six Nick, he got merchandise. So are you mad that they're like now monetizing this? Yeah, like Nick got merchandise. He's got. Like his own website. There's a theme of monetizing mediocrity. He's got yeah, and like <laughs> all these people. The ones I saw like on TikTok, they have like this whole like fan culture where they are just doing these dumbass videos mm-hmm. and like it's just, it just become a, a like a huge thing. But the people who like originated these dances don't get no don't get as, yeah. That's frustrating. So it's like you know this other this just like Gary. Genetti, but almost not the same level, but right. they're getting this hype and recognition and money based on like reverse minstrelsy or like invisible blackface. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, I, I can get why that's upsetting. But mm-hmm. again, I also kind of understand the fact that like I, I'm a music lover. I think that music is universal. Okay. I don't think that, you know, yeah, certain people create certain kinds of music. I mm-hmm. don't know river dance. That's Irish. <laughs> I don't know, like, you know, Japanese harp songs. That's their thing. Like, cultures can own things, but I do believe that just because you didn't grow up in that culture, you can still appreciate it, right? But, um, okay. But, I, but, but to a certain extent, if... it's like they're not doing the dances correctly or they're kind of, like, making fun. Mm-hmm. Then it then it kind of yeah, insulting. and then it's like if you look at the comments, like so many black people, minorities, people are loving this, like really? going up for them. Well, but that's a whole if, other conversation. But if it were a black person dancing like that, they would get clowned, mm. and black Twitter would drag them again. Different standards, but because we're all trying to shoot for this ideal, mm-hmm. I'm seeing a through line this episode. <laughs> you and these through lines. But I'm saying, but we're all like, but they need to stop. And I said what I said. Yes. And now it's time for... Tens. Tens. Tens across across the board. board. So this week my tens goes to um, Barbers Hill High School senior, DeAndre Arnold. Uh, He is a Texas high school... <laughs> He's a Texas high school student uh-huh. um, who t- was told that he would not be allowed to walk in his graduation. Oh yeah, if he did not cut his hairstyle, which are dreadlocks yeah. or locks. Mm-hmm. Um, and to me, I think this is just it's 2020. I don't give a damn if it's Texas or not. Why is this still an issue? Why are we still yeah. trying to police black people in their hairstyles? Why are black people's cultural and religious hairstyles, such as dreadlocks? He a Rasta? I, I'm not sure if he's a Rasta, oh, okay. but I, I just is trying to be all-encompassing. Okay. But 
maybe he is i don't know <laughs> um like why is it not considered professional why is it mm-hmm. not considered clean why is it not considered neat why is they it ain't say all that but essentially but but they're implicitly saying it to say that the hairstyle violates the dress code okay well y'all couldn't prohibit him from going to get his education but now you're going to stop him from celebrating in the commemoration of his high school graduation because of his hairstyle like what purpose does that serve you that it's it's punitive only it's not hurting anybody you still let him get his education it didn't stop it wasn't disruptive it mm-hmm. wasn't damaging mm-hmm. it's racist but again it's Black people well, having to conform to these ideals and never being accepted. White people can get dreadlocks too. Oh, and they're and they nasty, look and they look like they smell. Yeah, and they, they be often all do. matted down. But I heard it. I thought it was just about the length of it, which is still a problem. But that is, it shouldn't matter. Yeah, it shouldn't matter either way. Either way, they want him to cut them, or because again, he has to conform his appearance to someone else's expectation. So I really commend him. I think it's horrible that this high school student is being put in this situation because high school graduation is a really emotional time. And I, I just um, want to give him tens for standing his ground and well, being who he is and not... Graduation ain't until May. Okay. Why well, they bring this up now? Exactly. Because they wanted to put him on notice now that he wasn't going to be able to graduate. So now he has to sit with that all year. And they, like, it, to me... What is GPA? That shouldn't matter. It shouldn't matter. I mean, is he graduating? That, that's not he relevant. definitely graduating? Whether or not he's graduating, they preemptively told him that he couldn't. Again, it's punitive. Like, that's not cool. That is not cool. They're singling uh, out this kid for... I'm sure he ain't the only one with some dreadlocks down to this high school. Tens for you, DeAndre. Tens, DeAndre. So you're giving him tens for not getting a haircut? Yes. Okay. Absolutely. That's what's up. So my tens this week is going to... Michigander, mm-hmm. Veronica Scott of Detroit. She started a company called the Empowerment Plan. And this company, it hires homeless people to make coats that mm-hmm. also double as backpacks and they turn into sleeping bags. Okay. So, huh? So can you put anything in the backpack or the sleeping bag just goes into a backpack? I don't know Okay. how this contraption works, but... Because, you know, even the Beyonce Adidas coat <laughs> turns into Thank a backpack. You. Does it? It does. Oh, it's gosh. got harness and straps. Does it light itself on fire? Um, oh, sorry. I don't think it does all that. <laughs> <laughs> but, so the Empowerment Plan is, um, again, was founded by uh, Veronica Scott in Detroit. And she not only creates these coat, backpack, sleeping bag situations okay. for the homeless, she also hires them to design and work in the um, factory, factory, basically. I mean, getting employed and getting people off the streets. Wow. And get a backpack for free? I hope so. Wow. So, yeah, Detroit, um, it's very cold in Detroit, Mm -hmm. right on Lake Michigan. They have a very severe homelessness problem in the city, and she's looking to help thousands of homeless people in Detroit. She's doing big things. Awesome. Tens to you, Veronica. Tens for you, Veronica. You need to come down to Philly and get some of these people. You know, do your best. Do your best. She's a big fan. Yeah. I'm trying to figure out how she's making money, but. (laughs) Right. (laughs) She she obviously not selling them because. Right. They homeless. Right. But you know, this is great charity work. 
it's, it's important because I think is. that the homeless community is one that's often forgotten about. Yes, hands for you, girl. Yes. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for joining us for another week of Category Is. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Category Is. Be sure to like, rate, and review the show wherever you listen to podcasts. Follow us on all things social media at Category Is Pod on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And you can contact us at categoryispod at gmail.com. Check us out on the web at categoryispod.com. <laughs>